It's time for episode 287 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, March 27th, 2019. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's just half an hour of A-list celebrities talking about their TV shows. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined across this wild and wonderful internet of ours by my co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I think you mean Oprah! (laughs) (laughs) Do I? Nobody really noticed that I I brought the lights down for you so that you could come out and then we could bring the lights up and there you are. But it kind of lost, it lost a little something. Weird how that works on podcasts. I'm kind yeah, of disappointed. Not well. Not well. Uh, this is, of course, the tech show where we talk about four tech topics with two fantastic guests. To my left, it is my very good friend, the co-host of podcasts such as Turning This Car Around, The Rebound, and of course, most importantly, the Speedy Aerocast. It's John <laughs> Moltz. Hi, John. Hi, Dan. I, and I don't know what you've heard about me, but I am not in 10 billion pockets. <laughs> <laughs> i've heard nothing I just wanted so to clear is, up there's been a lot me. of confusion about that this week but i am not uh, and to my to my left is producer and host of podcasts over on the twit network it is megan moroni hello megan hello i'm ready to talk about apple <laughs> there is a lot of enthusiasm here today i am wow. loving it let us dive right the heck in uh, the first thing uh, we're going to talk about is game subscription services, which are uh, becoming sort of the next wave of things. Apple rolled out Apple Arcade this week, or at least started talking about it. Microsoft has the, had their Xbox Game Pass for a little while. Uh, some of the other uh, providers doing their own thing. And my question for you is, is this overall, like, is the subscription all you can eat or, you know, buffet style? Man, must be lunchtime. Uh, is this a compelling way to play and buy games? Or would you rather be paying up front as a la carte as we've been doing or paying the, playing uh, free-to-play games that have become so dominant? John, tell me all about your games and your feelings. <laughs> uh, I think my preferred method of paying for games is just to pay up front and then be able to play the game as much as i want to uh i'm not a big fan of i do play some free-to-play games but i'm not a big fan of that model particularly because you know it always seems like they're trying to nickel and dime you after that and i would rather just get that over with at the beginning and not have to deal with a bunch of ads or not have to deal with them constantly popping up you know asking me to buy coins or whatever um, the thing that I like about this, what they're doing is, is paying the, first of all, they're, they've collected a bunch of game makers who make games that I think that I will, you know, games that I've either already played from, you know, these studios or, you know, the things that they showed seem like the kind of things that I would like to play. So I'm sure I'm going to sign up for it when it starts and just see how it goes. It could be the kind of thing where I will sign up for it and play for a while and then stop paying for it and then sign up again when something else new gets announced. Uh, it can be the kind of thing that you you know walk in and out of as you desire. The thing that's kind of a downer about that, although iOS isn't really great for this to begin with, but uh, the Mac traditionally has been, is I like to play old games. I keep 
games as old as like myth and the original halo and stuff like that and i like to go back and revisit them after years and if this system seems poorly designed to be able to do that so i think that's kind of sad to lose something like that so for me i think this is kind of the perfect uh opportunity if you will because i'm not a big I, i don't keep games on my phone um i'll play some games every once in a while that you know people are super super into super talking about and download them and play them for a couple days and then i'm kind of done with them um and so the games that i tend to play are the ones that are kind of the studio games they're the ones that you know cost five six bucks up front and then they're not free to play uh wait for your tile your you know your diamonds to regenerate games um and so because of that i think that this is kind of the perfect option because honestly as little as i get out of games in the first place having to pay you know six bucks every time that game comes around versus you know maybe doing a subscription where i can try more where i normally wouldn't try more because i know that it's not going to stick around uh this would be an option and an opportunity maybe to find a game that actually does get to stick around on my device where normally they would just uh, all go away because i'm only trying one every six months or so so this when i saw this excited me so certainly compelling for people that i know uh and a little compelling for me megan what are your thoughts i am excited depending on the price of this subscription um and like micah and john i these are the kinds of games i like um you know just well designed uh you pay pay up front and then you don't have to think about it anymore you don't have to buy an outfit for your character they already come with beautiful outfits so i'm excited (laughs) about that um it got me thinking about like Netflix and Apple Music and even Apple News, which I just signed up for. I mean, before Netflix started producing all these TV shows, I watched much less TV. Um, but once I was paying and subscribing to that, then I watched more of it. Same with Apple Music. Like I wasn't buying, um, you know, $100 worth of music for the year, but I'm happy paying for that subscription and I'm listening to more music and liking it. And I'm hoping that will happen with Apple News and that might even happen with this game subscription service because these are um, beautiful games and I don't you know some of these games that you look at they're like $15 or $10 or you know and it's a lot to pay one off but um, but if you're subscribing to it you might play more and I do think of that as sort of a healthier habit than some of my other habits like scrolling through Netflix or Instagram (laughs) (laughs) so I think this might be a way to relax in the future if I subscribe to it so we'll see yeah, I, I'm. I, I too am on the fence a little bit about the price, but it is a, certainly a compelling offering. Since, like many of you, these are the types of games that I do tend to get really excited about and play. Uh, what I'm intrigued about, especially, is Apple contributing to the development costs of some of these games. I'm curious to see how that meshes in with the kind of with how the payment works for developers, right? Like, if you're not buying these games up front, uh, how is this divvied up? Like, how, what algorithm is Apple using to figure out? And is it sustainable for those developers? Do will there be enough volume to kind of keep people in the uh, in the in the black as far as like making money off the games that they're creating? Because these are expensive, time consuming endeavors to make, right? Um, and they got people to pay and. Uh, you want to sort of create a sustainable living of being able to to put out games. So I'm very curious to see how that pays off there and how that might change the developments of game uh, development 
um, the development of game development. What is that? What's wrong with you today? <laughs> the dynamics of game development. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think it could be interesting from a consumer's perspective as well. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let us go to our second topic, which comes from John. Okay, one of the other things that Apple introduced at their event this week was uh, TV Plus, and that introduction was a thing <laughs> that you could watch on the internet. It was, uh, I know Dan thought of it as a good way to introduce their talent pool, which I think is true, but it was also sort of confusing for some and uh, boring for a lot of people, I think. But I wanted to ask this illustrious group, what is the one thing Apple could do to make its original content compelling to you and to get you to uh pay up and tune in uh so for me i think it's honestly going to be the opposite of what they're doing um (laughs) (laughs) and i'm not even trying to be funny about that um they are clearly putting their golden eggs in two or three tiny baskets um and golden eggs tend to be big so i don't know how they're going to fit in those tiny baskets but um (laughs) they are focusing on what seems like you know three four five six kind of big idea project show type deals and for me the thing that i really tend to like about something like netflix is the vast library of of different content that i get to sort of peruse through and find shows that i like when i watch shows depending on what it is it might just be kind of a background noise kind of thing or i i maybe i discover a new show that i didn't know i was going to like that starts out as sort of a background thing and so if you've got you know six or seven shows that are these super uh expensive shows that they worked really hard to put together and they are these these shows that you know you're supposed to kind of pay attention to every single moment in that's not how i tend to watch content unless it's like a movie and mm-hmm. i think that's why i like tv shows so i think that the way that they're going about it just doesn't work for me in the way that i tend to consume that content so yeah i i would find it more compelling if they chose the netflix model of like spending a bunch of money on producing a lot of content instead of spending a bunch of money on producing a little bit of really really (laughs) what they consider good content micah is your argument their shows are too interesting is that what (laughs) (laughs) their shows are too expensive glitzy glamzy um megan what are your thoughts well i'm excited about the morning show and i am also excited about the camille nanjani show about new immigrants and pretty much nothing else excited me at all. I mean, I love Oprah, um, and her documentaries looked interesting, and I would probably watch them. But that's not really a series. Um, so I would probably try it for those two shows. But I have so many other shows and so many other things that I subscribe to that I might not want to pay more. Um, I might want to pay more if they gave me a free iphone or <laughs> which they're unlikely to do uh a if they new iPhone. <laughs> exactly. it's under your seat, it's under your seat right now Megan. that 
that's what I was hoping. Um, but maybe like free like cloud storage, which they probably won't do. But they could at least bundle in Apple Music. Like that's the at the very least they could do, which they probably yeah. won't do. Um, and the thing I'm with Micah about the eggs in one basket. Um, I, I'm not sure if I fully believe that this uh, because golden eggs don't really break. And the problem with having one, you know, too many eggs in a basket is that the, they might break. But okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not to be picky, but to be picky. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but what what I love about Netflix is they've given voice to all these people we'd never heard of. Like all these shows, they they tried everything and they poured money into people that traditionally Hollywood didn't trust. They're like, oh no, no one would sh- watch a show about you know with with this person in it or you know like n- they they did that. They gave those people voices, and every single person that we saw uh, at this Apple event was someone we'd already heard of. Like they made a point of showing diverse voices, but it was diverse faces that someone else had already given a chance to and everyone was like mm. oh yeah okay mm. I, i'll i'll give them that so all these people were people we knew already and i i want them to give people voices that didn't have voices before and i i think like camille and johnny will will do that with his stuff but i you know that was the thing that that worried me the most and made it really different than netflix or even amazon prime video mm. yeah and sort of plays into Apple's elite. Well, <laughs> image. yeah, it's it's part of their image, and I think also when you're when you're launching a platform, I think part of their intent was to put their sort of best foot forward, as it were, and to lead with a lot of like these are famous people that draws you in. I, we don't know, right? Like, because if they're going to be building a giant platform, a giant streaming service, they're not going to have ten shows. They're going to have twenty shows, probably thirty shows, right? And at some point, I think there's a strong argument that they will be giving voices to other people, but they probably wanted to start off with like the name brands in some way. So we'll have to see how that develops. I think that's a really good point for me. I think I don't mind the sort of appointment television, um, you know, genre that they're going for. I think that tends to be the stuff that is compelling and draws people in because you can't get it anywhere else. But uh, to sort of, you know, take what, what I think Micah was saying and pivot slightly on that. Um, I think the part of the problem is, they need a sweetener in terms of what else is available. Because if they mm-hmm. do really only have 10 to 12 shows at launch, uh, you know, there's a question of value. Even HBO, which produces fairly few uh, original series, although uh, more and more as years go by, they have a catalog of movies and other things that you can watch. They have all of their TV shows from their last 20 years. You know, there's a lot happening there. Apple is trying to build something from scratch. It's really hard for them to do that when they are not using existing IP and they are not as far as we know, bringing any sort of library content. So is the $10 a month price, for example, for TV Plus equivalent to a $10 a month Netflix subscription when Netflix give you so much more quantity? And, and Apple will certainly make a quality versus quantity argument, I'm sure. But it may be sort of a harder sell when people are looking at the overall values and comparing which thing, if I can only afford to subscribe to one of these, which one do I subscribe to? Yeah. And that was going to be part of my comment was the back catalog of material. And one of the things that I think that they could do, and it doesn't, I mean, I think they've, they have, they're doing a foundation series. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. I think that they, there was talk about them getting a, the James Bond um, oh, yeah. Yeah, sort they, of universe beforehand. For and I think yeah. that that fell through, right? They didn't end up doing that. But I think if they did something like that, where they got some sort of existing thing that people are used to watching and enjoy then they would get a lot more people to be interested in in their service because you're going to want to tune in if it's somebody that you know you know a character that you know and stories that you like and 
these may be characters that we come to know and come to like that they're that they were showing uh, on Monday. But uh, at this point, we just we just don't know if this is going to be compelling yet. Yep. Well, that is two topics down, two topics to go, which of course means it is halftime here on Clockwise. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Burrow. Your home is important and you want to come home to somewhere that feels comfortable, maybe even looks stylish, and most of all is designed to fit you. Burrow is rethinking how people shop for and live with their sofa. That's why they let you easily customize a high-quality sofa online, which can be shipped for free in one week. The Burrow sofa adapts to your life. It's scratch and stain resistant, so you don't have to worry about spilling food or drinks on it. It has a built-in USB charger, so you can charge your devices right from your sofa while you're using them and watching TV, because we all do that. Uh, The fabric is totally free of harmful chemicals, and the frame is made from sustainably sourced hardwood, and it's a sofa that grows with you. You can make your burrows bigger at any time by adding new pieces, and you can easily set up and disassemble with no tools required, which is great when you eventually move to that bigger place, but you want to bring your sofa along with you. Burrow sofas are designed for comfort. You can customize every detail, pick comfy low armrests or stylish high ones. The proprietary foam is supportive yet super cozy. And don't forget to check out their line of stylish pillows and throws made from soft hand-woven fabric ready to complement your new sofa. Burrow was recently named one of the best inventions of 2018 by Time Magazine. And you can get $75 off your award-winning Burrow sofa by visiting burrow.com slash clockwise. That's B-U-R-R-O-W, burrow.com slash clockwise for $75 off your order. Our thanks to Burrow for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. Halftime has come to an end. Micah, what do you have for us? Uh, my question is a simple one. Do you use or have you used a non-standard keyboard on your smartphone? Uh, you know, which ones have stuck around, which ones have gone away, sort of what are your thoughts in general on that kind of odd and a little bit difficult to get to option uh, on your smartphone, I guess, depending on whether you're using iOS or, or Android. Megan, we'll start with you. Well, obviously, uh, Bitmoji keyboard, because yes. <laughs> it is, uh, there's. I felt like I couldn't really express myself before the Bitmoji keyboard <laughs> came around. I use it all the time. And, you know, it's, it's much better than the Bitmoji little um, app in iMessage, because um, it's just, you, you can send them, they're bigger, and they're better. And everyone that I show that there's an actual keyboard gets super excited about using that. Um, I've tried a ton of other ones, they've all sort of gone away. And I think part of that is like, you can't have too many, because then you have to cycle through them, and it's too hard. Um, so something has to be better than the standard keyboard and the emoji keyboard and the bitmoji keyboard for me to add it. I went in when I saw this question, and I forgot I had the text expander keyboard in there that I had never really used. And so I put that in there. Um, But already, like when I tried to get around, it's like, oh, one more is just too many. Um, But I enabled it. I mean, Gboard is a great third party, non standard keyboard, but it's not so great that it's worth having Mm -hmm. to scroll through the keyboards when I'm typing. Yeah, I think that it's nice that the option is there. But because of the way that it's implemented, it, it often feels kind of not, you know, uh, not really thought through. I've used a few in the past. I've used like the swipe typing ones, swipe and swift key. I've used Gboard. There was like a GIF keyboard I tried for a while. None of them uh, really felt that much better than the standard keyboard. 
and I never really, you know, I tried to use the the Gboard one for like a week because uh, Mike Hurley was like, no, you got to give it like a week. I use nothing else, remove the standard <laughs> keyboard, etc. And I did that for a while. And it was, you know, I could certainly see how one could become used to it. But in the end, it just became too frustrating for me. So I went back to the standard built-in keyboard. So in general... I'm not a big fan of them. I do wish Apple would improve its own keyboard, but it kind of feels like it's like, well, third-party keyboard's done. We never need to fix our keyboard ever again. Uh, And that is a little frustrating at times because I feel like typing on the iOS keyboard could be better. Um, So, yeah, hopefully hopefully at some point they'll improve it. Uh, Whatever ground zero is for this question, I am the opposite of that because (laughs) I not only do I not use uh, a third party keyboard, I have never even installed a third party keyboard. And and to Dan's point, I am frequently frustrated with the iOS keyboard. And so I'm not exactly sure why I have not done that. But um, I think some of it is I I've seen some of them and I just think. I like the swipe thing. I'm ne- like, I feel like I'm never going to get used to that. And I don't want to having used like the Newton years ago and Palm pilot. It was like, I don't want to learn something new. I just wanna, like, I want to close the door to that new thing. Um, so I think it's a, you know, probably a little bit of, uh, of looking over people's shoulders and not, not really being all that impressed with what I was seeing. And, um, also just being lazy. <laughs> Uh, so, Dan, if you could just copy and paste what Megan said and make the voice a little deeper, <laughs> it, is, it is quite literally the same exact experience. So, for me, I love the Bitmoji keyboard. Um, that's the one that I use as an extra one. I literally have the Text Expander keyboard as well. Haven't used it. I turned it on because I was going to ask this question. And then my thoughts on Gboard are the same as well. I've tried it before, but it wasn't enough for me to make the switch. Um, something with the Bitmoji keyboard that's kind of fun. If you have your Bitmoji app connected um, to Snapchat, because Snapchat owns Bitmoji, then you get access to um, your friends who also have Bitmoji. And there's a little button you can press in the top right corner of that bitmoji keyboard where there are two faces and you can choose one of your friends and then it creates a scene of you and your bitmoji friend that you choose and so you can do ones that involve both of you uh it's a lot of fun the bitmoji are also bigger than they are in the iMessage app which is why i choose to use the keyboard so yeah the the one that i use is bitmoji one but it, it there's no you know it's it's not a keyboard um and i have also tried those swipey swippy swoop them ones and those ones just aren't for me either uh all great bitmoji answers there let's go to our last topic which comes from megan my question is of course much more important or maybe less important depending <laughs> um and this is interesting because of all the announcements i think um like i said your partner asked you about the apple card um one of my kids asked me about the apple card it seems to be like the thing that uh people that some people are most interested in like n- maybe not necessarily the people that are like so into the apple world so i wanted to know what you guys thought will you get the apple card what are your thoughts uh why why or why not would you get it <laughs> Uh, as for why not, I haven't decided yet. Uh, there are arguments for why not. I don't really need another credit card. I think that's the biggest one is like, uh, the idea of a, I'm a guy who buys Apple products cause I like playing with cool new gadgets. The idea that a credit card has become one of those feels kind of weird and icky to me. Uh, so I'm not like immediately running out to get one. That said, there are some practical uses for it. I do like using Apple pay a lot and the idea of getting cash back on Apple pay is appealing. 
And especially getting the 3% back on Apple stuff is also appealing because, as I looked up later, it's not just the stores, but includes things like iTunes and your iCloud subscription. So, like, all that money I'm already giving Apple, I could get a little bit of money back on that. And that, to me, has some appeals in it. I like the idea of what they're doing with the UX of the credit card. uh, But most, what I really like to see taken away from that is other credit cards adopting similar behavior in terms of nicely presenting your transaction history, um, being able to sort of log that information more intelligently, uh, and just sort of being a friendlier credit card. But so much of it just seems like it's a thin veneer of Apple over sort of the traditional monster that is the credit card industry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that is completely true and my, i think my response is is basically yours but just turned up to 11 because <laughs> i have like 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 you said like i already have so many credit cards and i'm like oh i've got so many credit cards why not get one more <laughs> <laughs> so i am sure i'm going to get this credit card i mean the whole thing like dan does bother me a little bit and uh, i know there's been a lot of talk recently about like should some of these large tech companies be broken up and the, you know when apple starts becoming its own bank it really starts to seem like maybe this is a you know th- this company is starting to get a little too much power certainly over me which they probably had for far too long but uh yeah i'm gonna I'm definitely gonna give it a try uh, at least just to be able to talk about it intelligently and um but i think you know th- from the benefits for somebody who is in it's so already so deep in the apple world already ready i'll probably you know keep it uh no i'm i'm not um i i tend to like to just use so i have you know i've got my credit card and that's fine i tend to not like to use a credit card if i can help it um and so uh i have my bank issued debit card but then i also use uh the square cash app and the square cash app for the longest has let you uh have a physical card and you get to draw whatever you want to sort of be laser etched onto the front of it and so mine has my signature and then also has a little dog and some like doggy bones um super adorable and i really like it and i don't need to have another card i mean maybe that's a thing in the future uh like i said my partner's into it and plans on applying as soon as it's available so i'll be able to sort of uh understand the experience through him um and you know the cashback stuff is nice and the the way that it helps you figure out you know interest and all that jazz is cool but not not really something that I need or want of the things that were mentioned. It was the uh, least interesting to me, I think, in the in the keynote. Uh, last thoughts on that, Megan? Well, I just wondered if they etched doggy bones into the titanium, would you get it? <laughs> See, now that might change my mind is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I um, I might try it. But you know, it's like the, the idea of like, why not? Like, there is a reason why not to get credit cards. I mean, the more credit yep. cards that you get, the worse your credit looks, like the mm-hmm. more money that you could possibly spend. So I guess there is a reason. I don't know, like, I, I'm kind of a points nerd. And I've been working um, through I have a Chase Reserve card, which I love, which is so much better than like the other airline cards that I used to have or airline miles, because it lets you use any airline. And so I, I think once you like, spread out and use more than one, you're kind of, you know, limiting your benefits that you can get. So we'll see. But right now, I, I don't think so. 
All right, that is our last topic. There is just enough time for a bonus topic, but first, allow me to tell you about our other sponsor today. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by ISL Online. ISL Online is a reliable and simple-to-use remote desktop software. You can remotely access and manage devices to provide on-demand IT support, and it is super easy to use. If you work in support, you know how tricky it can be helping a client with a problem. It can take ages to navigate through someone through a problem on the phone or worse, going back and forth on email all day. But you can save yourself all the hassle of frustrating phone calls and endless email screenshots because with ISL Online, you can access a Windows, Linux, or Mac remote computer in less than three seconds. So you can help your clients the moment they need you. You can even access any remote computer using your iPhone, your iPad, your Android phone, or your Android tablet. And you can set up permanent remote access. Just install a remote access agent on any Windows or Mac computer. And for your clients, peace of mind, ISL Online is fully compliant with strict security industry standards. So take the hassle out of IT support. Get a fully featured trial by going to islonline.com slash clockwise right now. That's islonline.com slash clockwise. Our thanks to ISL Online for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. All right, the bonus topic for this week. We talked about TV shows earlier, so I want to know what's the latest TV show you've been watching and preferably enjoying, John? Uh, I have, I'm have. i only an episode and a half in, but I've been watching Doom Patrol. It's uh, it's irreverent and and just kind of interesting and compelling. So uh, if, you, if you're not too um, hooked up on the, you know, attached to the, the comic book characters, you, you might enjoy it better. Uh, so I have just started rewatching what I still think is one of the best uh, animated series to grace our televisions uh, in, in terms of storytelling. It's Nickelodeon's Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Oh, yes. um, Great job. Very, very good. Uh, bring it back the feels. I have been watching uh, You're the Worst on Hulu. Uh, I think it's, yes. a, <laughs> it's an FX show, I guess. I don't know, but I don't have channels, but I watch it on Hulu. And yeah, it is both horrible and wonderful. So I highly recommend. Those are, those are good calls. I just finished the first, se- first season of Get Shorty, which is based on the same premise as the film from the 90s, I want to say, uh, on an, based on itself on an Elmore Leonard novel about gangsters who go to Hollywood to make a movie. Uh, and I think the first season's on Netflix, and I think there's a second somewhere, but it's not on Netflix yet. Anyways, thank you all for that. We have reached the end of our show. All that remains is to thank our guests this week. John Moltz, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dan. I give the rest of your week back to you. Thank God. We thank will you. not be in any more podcasts together, as far as I know. <laughs> You'll find out on Twitter tomorrow. <laughs> Megan Maroney, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I feel like inviting Dan and John to a podcast on my network <laughs> yes. just so that just to Do prove that we're together. <laughs> and Micah, it's our last podcast of the week too, so presumably we'll be back next week. But until then, let us remind everybody out there: watch what you say and keep watching the clock. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>